0: Good morning. Uh, we are continuing our series today, airplane mode. Uh, and this this series, if if you haven't been with us, is really comes out of that moment when you board a flight, where you need to put all your electronic devices into airplane mode. Right? You got to disconnect. We have to unplug from the world, stop sending so many distractions our way and, and all the different alerts that we're receiving, and go into airplane mode, turn it all off, and unplug from the world so that we can plug in to God. Uh, as, as we started uh, kind of looking at this series, to me, one verse really stood out, and that, that was Luke five sixteen. And that is when Jesus, I think, went into airplane mode. He, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So even even Jesus would unplug from the world. He would disconnect. He'd go. He'd go find a quiet place, a place in the wilderness. And he would unplug from the world so that he could spend time in prayer. And that is, it's important. It's, it's something that I, I think we struggle with. And I think we like to think we struggle with it more today than we used to, but I don't really think that's true. I think we have different distractions now than we used to, but this, this has always been a recurring problem for humans of as soon as we find things to put in front of us, we will. People didn't used to text while they drive, but they did read newspapers while they drove. Like There's, there's an analog equivalent to all of our digital distractions now. And, and so it's always been difficult. Even Jesus would have to withdraw, find a lonely place, so that he could spend time in prayer. And, and it's important. And, and the reason that it's important is, is, a, is something that I think sometimes we miss. And that is that prayer is for everyone. I think we all know about prayer. We've prayed in this service. You're familiar with it. We know we should pray. Some of us feel like maybe we don't know how to pray. But the truth is that prayer is for everyone. I was uh, going to a, a service for my grandfather's anniversary of his passing. This was like five years ago. And uh, it, was, it was like the 10-year anniversary since his death. And so the family had a uh, had dedicated a mass for him at my grandma's church. And so family went, and we went to this mass. And then afterwards, we went to the cemetery and visited his grave. And kind of, we were telling stories about... Uh, who our grandpa or our father or our uncle was, and and some of our our memories with him, and we're having a good time remembering the man that he was. And it was it was great. And my family, both sides are were raised Catholic, as I'm sure many of you were as well. And I was not raised Catholic, but I've I've always gone to Catholic mass with my grandma. There's you know Christmas Eve, you got to go to. Got to go to Mass. Easter, you got to go to Mass. I think there's Mass other times than that. I'm pretty sure there is. But those are the ones that I went to. Some in between, perhaps. But what started to happen is my my family was like, I'd like to say a prayer. And they would reach in their bag and they'd pull out a card and they would read a prayer. And everyone, that was a very nice prayer. I liked it. Thank you. I also found a prayer. They would take it out and pray. This was about five years ago. So I had recently come on staff here at Shorewood as the student pastor. And so, Kevin, you're a pastor. Why don't you pray for us? And I was like, all right, I can do that. I know how. And I closed my eyes and I said a prayer. And after that, I was like, wow, that was, that was a great prayer. Can you give it to me? And you're laughing, I didn't know what they meant. I was like, w- wh- how do I give it? I just said it. You received it. <laughs> that was, it, It's over now. <laughs> but they wanted in writing the prayer that I had just said. Now, I, it took me a while to figure out what they were asking me. I was like, you know like where did, where did you find it? Was it you know did?" Was it a prayer card? you find it online? I was like, it's just a prayer I said. I didn't, I've never said it before and I will never say it again <laughs> because I literally don't know what it was anymore. It's gone. And that was a very foreign concept to my family. They did not understand that I could invent my own prayer. And I think some people can get caught in this idea that prayer is a specific set of words or that prayer is reserved for the religious elite. But this is certainly not the case. And I, I know not many in this room, I don't think, would still carry around prayer cards and have specific writ prayers that you say. I'm sure some of you do. But I don't think that's necessarily how most of us pray all of the time. It's certainly not how we pray corporately together on Sunday morning. But I think we still have a set of prayers that we will say. And I know certainly for me, I have found times in my life where I am saying the same prayer over and over again. And sometimes that's me crying out to God with something that he has placed on my heart that I just need to continue to bring to him. But sometimes that's just me saying words that no longer have a meaning. Because it's just that thing, that prayer that I say to God. God, thanks for all the great stuff I have and be with my family and protect me today. Those aren't things that should be taken lightly. Those are real heartfelt prayers that we should have but I think sometimes you just start saying them and they start to lose their meaning but the important thing about prayer is that prayer is the way that we can unlock the unimaginable power of the holy spirit in our lives i think we can forget that prayer is the way that we can unlock the unimaginable power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When I approach prayer like that, I come at it a little differently. It's not just some things I say to God. It's, it's not just that list I have for him, but I use prayer. Prayer is my conduit to unlock, open up into my life the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that we minimize that a lot. That we, we don't always necessarily think about the fact that when we are praying, we are offering things up to God and, and handing him the solutions, but he's going to empower us through the Holy Spirit to get through those situations. Whether he's going to provide miraculous healing or whether he is going to provide you with the peace that you need just to survive the next day. He's going to empower the Holy Spirit to work in our lives through prayer. Now, Illinois State Youth Convention was last, last weekend, Friday through Sunday. And there were uh, about 500 students from around the state that came um, from all different churches of God. And uh, youth groups and leaders came, and there was a band, and there, were, there was a speaker, and there was a mission opportunity on Saturday morning. And there was, uh, you know, kids broke off into their own groups. And through this whole event, kids had a ton of opportunities to just spend time together, to spend time with God. But personally, uh, I was struggling a little bit. And that's because there were some technical difficulties going on throughout the entire experience. Uh, And some of you are chuckling because I... Cannot deal with that very well, it's getting uncomfortable just thinking about it now. Uh, I, I handle things in the tech world. It's, it's my domain. That's where I like to work. I like to set that stuff up, and uh, I, I have the great opportunity to go on shows with Jimmy, and we set up lights and video and audio and, and put on a production. And all of that's great, but that's not what it's all about. And so there was all these problems going on that at points during some services, you physically couldn't hear the person on stage speaking. The, uh, when the band was, uh, was singing some songs and, and the band was, was saying some things, that, the, there were so many problems with the sound system that you could no longer even hear in this room of 500 people. And to me, it was a little distracting Uh, I think it was a little distracting to most everyone there. But despite all of these issues and problems going on, what was able to happen is the speaker who then came up that night. Set aside all the issues and all the problems. I was quite distracted going into these services with all these issues that were happening. But what Michael Thigpen was able to do was come in and allow the Holy Spirit to move. God cannot be stopped. He's going to do mighty things when he wants to move. And God did show up at that convention, despite all of the technical difficulties and the problems that we were having. God was there, and God moved. And there was a time in a service of of prayer when 500 students broke up into groups and were praying over prayer requests that they had been receiving from uh, different people they'd encountered throughout that weekend or prayers that they have uh, texted out to their friends and said, hey, you know, I'm here at this event and we want to, we, we believe in the power of prayer and we want to see God do great things. How can I pray for you? And there was a time in that room where these 500 kids are off in groups praying all over. And the room started getting so loud from all these prayers all over the room. And it was powerful. And God was moving in that place despite all of the obstructions that man might have been trying to place in his way. Because the Holy Spirit was in that place. And it was pretty tempting to say, wow, Man, that guy's a great speaker. Even with everything going on, he still spoke. But I think a lot of times we try to minimize the Holy Spirit. He was a good speaker, but the Holy Spirit used him. It's easy for us to say that was a good speaker. But sometimes we struggle to say, hey, prayer unlocked the unimaginable power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit used that speaker. And it was a great event. the only barrier to prayer is yourself. I think that is a hard statement to take in. The only barrier to prayer is yourself. That was hard for me to internalize into my life because that means that those times when my prayer life is lacking or those times where maybe I'm not praying or those times where I feel like, oh, are my prayers not being answered? The only barrier to prayer is yourself. Now, there's not a physical barrier between us and God. A government cannot pass a law that prevents us from praying to God. They can try to oppress a religion, but they cannot stop prayer. There is no location you can go to that will stop prayer. Our only barrier to prayer is ourselves and not entering into prayer. So why is that? Why do we put up these barriers? I think a lot of times we just don't think we know what to say. Or maybe we're discouraged because we haven't been receiving the answers that we're looking for. This is not a new problem. We're not the first ones to struggle with this, and we certainly won't be the last. I think it's a pretty universal problem that we have of just not quite knowing or struggling to engage in our prayer lives. The disciples in Luke 11, verse 1, went to Jesus, and it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. The disciples went to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. This isn't a new thing. We're not alone in in struggling with knowing how to pray or when to pray or how much to pray. The disciples went to Jesus. They were following him around, watching him. And they continued to notice in the places that they went, in the things that he did, Jesus was continually praying. And he said, teach us to pray how you do. The disciples didn't ask Jesus, teach us to preach. Teach us how to say things to other people. said, teach us to pray. Help us connect with God. Help us connect with that power of the Holy Spirit that's so clearly in your life. And there's a key thing here of the disciples asking Jesus to teach them to pray like he prayed. And it's something that I think we can gloss over a lot of times, but is so incredibly important. And that's that Jesus prayed. The Son of God himself, here on earth, prayed. The first verse we open up with, he often went to quiet places to pray. Prayer is how God moves. All throughout the Bible, when we see God doing great things through his people, they have brought prayer to him. And then the Holy Spirit was able to show up and take action. I think this is huge that we shouldn't take this lightly that Jesus prayed, because prayer is for everyone. I would say that if anyone was capable of not praying, it would be the living God on earth. I think he probably would be able to handle some things. We've seen him do some miracles. He's a pretty smart guy. He knows what he's doing, but he did not rely on his own abilities and powers. He continually went to God and said, "These are the situations I'm facing. This is uh, this is what's happening now. What what can I do through these situations? For me especially, I want to do things myself. I want to fix it. I want to know how to fix it. I want to be able to handle it. I think that's very tempting for us. But if Jesus himself, who I think was capable of handling it, still prayed and took those things to God, and that really solidifies that prayer is for everyone. So, when the disciples went to Jesus, what did he tell them? I'm going to jump to the same story in Matthew because this version sounds a little more familiar to us. I think you'll probably uh, recognize this verse. You're going to hear some words you don't hear from me very often. This is the King James Version, Matthew 6. Verses 9 through 13. After this manner, therefore, pray Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I think that was a little familiar. We usually know it as the Lord's Prayer because Jesus taught it to him. when I figured that out. (laughs) And this is a prayer that I think most people here know whether you were raised in a Catholic church or not. Because it's not just the Catholic church that uses it, but that's especially where I learned it, and I learned it in about this language. And I have a lot of thoughts on this prayer. I've kind of gone in a lot of different places with this prayer over the years. And I've kind of been on a journey of sorts with this prayer over the last couple of years. Because this is something that I memorized, something that I learned through repetition, because I would uh, go to a mass and, and I would hear this prayer, or I'd be at a funeral and I would hear this prayer, or my family would say it before a meal. This is a prayer that just kind of I learned the words. I learned how to say them. There was pauses in specific places. Everyone says it together. It's a very, very writ thing where this is the way this prayer goes. And it was, to me, I I never even understood that was a prayer. Because it was just words that I said. It was just a specific way that I had to go. It was not something that I understood. And the way that I learned it, I didn't know what a trespass was, and I didn't know why I needed to be forgiven. I don't think I had gone in any private buildings or anything. I really, that one really hung me up for a long time. I didn't get it. When I found this prayer in the Bible and I read it, I still didn't even recognize it because I wasn't reading this version, if, if I read it in the New Living Translation, it went a little more like this. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. That's the same prayer, but I didn't even recognize it. I had no idea that this prayer I had said dozens or hundreds of times, some of you I'm sure thousands of times, had no idea that that was something that came from the Bible. And even more than that, I had no idea that that's words that Jesus told to us to say, this is how you should pray. And I was pretty averse to this prayer. I was like, okay, well, people say it, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just a thing you say. So it must not be an effective prayer. But as I've studied this, as I've tried to look at this in different versions, as I've tried to look at, you know, why is this a prayer that we pray? I think it has a lot of importance that we can kind of gloss over. And I think one key thing is that this is how Jesus said to pray. Now, I don't think it was written in Old English when Jesus said it, so it probably was a little different. So let's not get hung up on the words and the cadences that we say it with, but but what does this prayer tell us to pray? If prayer is for everyone and Jesus is telling us, here's a prayer to pray, can we break that down into something a little more usable for us? I think we can. If you look at verse 9, pray like this Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. When we pray, we can bring praise to God. I think that's an important first step. I think there's a reason that the prayer starts this way with praise. Because we need to take a second and say, hey, I am coming before God, the creator of the universe, Lord Almighty, and I am going to talk to him. God, you are holy. You are set apart. You are greater than any other. You are the king of kings. If we went and met a celebrity today, we would be gushing with all the things that we admire about them. And we would get starstruck and be a little nervous to talk to them. But we get the opportunity to talk to the creator of the entire universe. So Jesus says, take a moment and acknowledge that in your prayer. We go to verse 10. May your kingdom come soon that your will will be done on earth. Jesus is telling us to pray for our community. God, we want your will to be done here on earth. We want to be able to see you moving here. We want to see your kingdom realized here. This is why we are so focused on outreach here, because we want to show this love of Christ to those around us. And we can be praying for that. We can be praying that God would move in our community, That people would find him, that we would have opportunities to be a part of God moving in our community. Verse 11 Give us this day our daily bread. What are the things that we need? We can pray for our needs. I think this one is probably one of the easier ones for us because we often uh, find ourselves kind of bringing these laundry lists to God of different things that are going on. But, but Jesus tells us that we should, we should bring our needs to him, that we should uh, bring them to God. But the key thing that we need to do when we bring our needs to God is that we release them and that we say, God, This is a situation I'm in and I want you to move through it. So I'm going to give you control of that situation. Verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Pray for forgiveness. We are all human and flawed and make mistakes. And we want to be in God's presence. We want to experience him. And so we need to... Ask God to forgive us of those sins. It's why his son came and died on the cross for our sins. So we, we acknowledge that. So God, I'm not perfect. And here's where I messed up. And I need your forgiveness in this. Finally, in verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus tells us to pray for protection. I think this one is one that I particularly uh, think of when I'm going somewhere different or going somewhere new or traveling with students. God, protect us in our travels. But I think we can pray for that same protection every day. God, protect my tongue that I won't say something completely idiotic. God, protect, uh, protect those around me. God, protect the things that are important to you and help me to protect them. God, help me to see those things. The band's gonna come up in a minute. We're gonna close. I think we often can get stuck in these uh, routines and these systems or maybe we, we just we don't pray when we leave here on sunday maybe there's not prayer in our week because we're not acknowledging that prayer is for everyone jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed and that to me is the hardest part of my day is taking that time to go into airplane mode to disconnect to unplug but Jesus has laid out for us a little road map. And this is, this is a jumping off point. I don't think that this is necessarily something that he says, this is how you pray each time. But he says, when you pray, you can pray like this. And so if you're struggling to find those words, follow this road map that Jesus has laid out for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Your word. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and speak to you. God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, but here we are. Speaking to you and you listen and you want to hear from us. God, I pray that we would know that prayer is for everyone not just for some, not just for some times, but God, that you are always there, always ready and listening. God, I pray that we would not be scared to come to you in prayer. God, that we would not be timid, but that we would come to you boldly. God, so that we could unlock the unimaginable power of the Holy Spirit in our lives.